0: A great leader knows that if you don't learn and grow yourself, then it's impossible to help your team learn and grow. So this is a great episode for you to listen to. Leah Carraher has a great background, and she's going to talk about reconfiguring your mindset when you're a business leader. You're going to hear all her tips and knowledge that are going to help you strengthen you and your workplace. I know you're going to love this interview. By the way, as you know, sometimes my Skype has a mind of its own. This week, it had a mind of its own. You'll hear some minor audio hits, but it's all arable and the information is great. So, without further ado, episode number 126 starts right now.
1: Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. The podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business One guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Belitnikoff,
0: with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women really mean business. Presented by Athena International, I'm Jeff Belitnikoff, and I am very excited to have Lee Carraher with me right now. She is the founder and CEO of Double Forte PR and digital marketing. It's a 15-year-old national agency that works with beloved up-and-coming consumer technology and wine brands. And Lee is an acclaimed communication strategist, and she's known for her practical solutions to big problems. And that is just a brief on her bio. But as everybody that are, as you, the frequent listener, know, I like to bring in the guest as soon as possible so lee welcome and uh thanks for being here this week thank
1: you so much for having me it's an honor to
0: be with you Uh, it's great to have you so um i gave a brief of your bio but if you'd like to uh give people a little more color to uh your story i would love to start out by giving you the floor so lee once again welcome and the floor is yours to expand on what i said
1: so I've been in this business since I graduated from college. I graduated from college with a degree in medieval history. Not as useful as you might think. Absolutely. And I didn't know what I was going to do. My friend Rebecca, my friend Ramona said, you should try PR. I didn't know what it was. After I figured it was, I am like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally perfect for that. And I was so lucky, so young to find something, uh, a career that matches my skill set and matches my personality so well. And started in agencies, went in-house. Got recruited to a very, very large agency where I ran two businesses with, you know, about 650 people. And then after 9-11, um, really helped me crystallize what I was going to focus on in my life that moment in time. And, and then followed by that, my mom was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer and given four months to live. And so that really crystallized the fact that I had to have my own company. And so that now was, uh, I you said a while ago. And here we are later, going. Oh my gosh! I have this company that's, you know, over 15 years old. How did that happen? But in the meantime, we've created a business that uh, is much smaller than the ones I've run before, but suits my life and my clients and my people's lives much better.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Lee. I uh, and I'm sorry about your mom. It's a uh, that's that's something I lost. I lost my mom to cancer. It's a tough thing, right there. And um, it's just something you just you just never get over. I mean, you learn to live with it, but you don't get over it.
1: No, and I think for me, when she was diagnosed, it was very clear I needed to be in a job that let me be with her, and for me to take a job there where to work for somebody else. And at that time, as a while ago, before we were all working remotely, right? But it would not have allowed me at that time to be anywhere but in the company at the company all the time. And I knew that um, having had that sort of role before. So that's when I started to have my own company so that I could really be wherever I needed to be. Um, I'm the breadwinner in our house. I'm the one who brings home the bacon. My husband's the chief home officer. He makes it happen at home.
0: I love that, chief Um, home officer. (laughs) CHO. But
1: I had CHO. Um, But that moment, you know, between 9-11 sort of making me say, oh, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And my mom's diagnosis saying, hmm, I'm going to have to define my new success so that I can be very focused on her and my family and a business that brings home the bacon. Those moments have been uh, seminal in my work, uh, in my life, and here we are over 15 years later, and it's still working, so thank God
0: for that. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, I, and I'm not sure. By the way, I have a history minor myself, so you and I align in that <laughs> way. So. There we
1: go. <laughs>
0: yeah, we definitely gel. But, um, and you've also, I want to mention, Then we're going to have links to these as well. We'll have links to all the things that you talk about. But you're the author of Millennials in Management, mm-hmm. The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work, and then also The Boomerang Principle, Inspiring Lifetime Loyalty from Employees. So I'm interested in digging it to dig into those those two books because uh, employee mm-hmm. retention and then especially attracting and keeping millennials are a lot of things that uh, companies, they can find that challenging. So maybe you could speak from your experience on that and maybe help the owners that are listening right now to navigate those, uh, I guess, sometimes rough waters.
1: Yeah, sure. They were definitely wet, rough waters. The first book was Millennial Management, like you said, and I wrote that out of my own experience on the you know, basically tanking my company because I could not figure out how to work with millennials. And the short story is literally hired six people all in the millennial range within about five or six weeks of each other. And within eight weeks, they were all gone. And one we walked and the rest quit. And I have never in my career, I've had t- you know, more than 10,000 people work for me at that point, And I never in my career have that, much failure in retaining people. And it really hit me up at the head. I really took it, it was, like, it was a body blow. I was like, I am good at recruiting. Obviously, I these six great people who came in. One was a dud, uh, and the other five were not dead. And what did we, and I think it was because it all happened at the same time, made me, help me realize that we were doing something wrong. And then when I researched it, this is a while ago, this is 2014 when I um, published that book, I researched and everything was so negative. I'm like, there's no possible way. 80 million people are entitled. It's just not possible. The, the numbers don't work <laughs>
0: I've been in business long Indeed. enough to
1: know this, right? And but you know, the truth was, if you didn't have a, if you don't have a business with a millennial and now a Gen Z, in your business or come or planning for Gen Z, you do not have a future in your business. Period. So I went out about trying to figure out what had changed. I've been in business, you know, a long time. I've been the person to work for. And all of a sudden, I wasn't, and it was really, I took it very personally, and then I turned that energy, that personal energy into, I'm going to solve this, at least for my own company. And then what I learned from that, I started applying that with my clients. My clients are in the same problems we were, and mostly, you know, externally facing, but we have a small part of our business that is internally facing to, you know, employee communication. And I found out that year, doing that, over 50% of the time I was spending, I was billing, was on the internal stuff. And finally, one of my clients says, can you just write the book? I'm like, no, I'm going to want to read that. Wait, like, just write the book. It said that and then literally got a call from a um, publisher within the next two weeks and it just fell on my lap. So that was it's very practical. Like, the, the end of every chapter is, you know, do's and don'ts both for the employees and the managers because you cannot solve a problem by just one group changing their behavior. You have to decide how a team is going to work together, which is a radical thought. I get it. But I'll, the front of the book explains why you have to change your point of view if you haven't already. The second book really came out of the first book. I was I gave over, I don't know, a couple hundred speeches or seminars or webinars or whatever about the first book uh, through 2014, 15, and 16. And in every single one, someone raised their hand because one of my one of my Tenants is you have to start training early and often, you know, train, train, train from the day they walk in. And uh, every every single one of those meetings had someone raising their hand, why am I training these people if they're going to leave me? Why am I going to spend all this effort? You know, they leave me, they're dead to me. And like, no, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, that's not a good you're look. You're killing no.
1: yourself. Yeah. And you're killing yourself if, one, you're not training people and you're worried about them leaving. And two, they're dead to you if they leave you. It is total hubris for any of us as business owners to think that we could hold a human being for their entire adult career. I mean, there's very few opportunity uh, companies that can hold a person for their entire career. And now it's even changing more, right? Today, Gen Z and and millennials, you know, COVID-19 notwithstanding, They expect to have five careers. They expect to have five different kinds of jobs. Well, what company can, very few companies who can actually provide the kinds of opportunities that today's um, younger people want in their careers. So the second book was about, I don't want people to be loyal to me when they're working for me. I mean, it's nice, but I'm paying them. It's a transaction. It's not loyal to show up if I'm paying you. It's a transaction. You're getting paid for that. Show up, you know. But when someone leaves to find um, their next thing or they want to move or they want to do something different or we can't accommodate them, double forty, is a small company you get 25 people, then my job as a leader is to play, create a place that people want to come back to. Right? Because when I do that, it's a hard place to leave once you're keeping people longer and that is only good for the bottom line, keeping the good people longer. And two they're more valuable to you when they come back. So I do want loyal people to, to me and the company for their whole lives. Someone who's out there in the world has, is Jeff, you're working for some, you work for me, and now you work for somebody else. And you go, you know what? You should talk to Joe. Joe, I just met Joe. Joe would be great. Joe needs to talk to Lee. Lee needs to talk to Joe. There's going to be something there. And you're not expecting me to, like, give you $10,000 or some set of bonus. You're not going to do it. That's not your expectation, quick pro Your expectation. You're not even having an expectation. You're working from, I'm loyal because I was treated well. I'm loyal because the company did everything it could for me. I'm loyal because I had great opportunity there and they still help me. And um, you're doing something good for someone who you're connected to. And that's what I want um, as a business. Because every time someone leaves you, they can hurt you or help you. Help them help you. Help them increase your bandwidth. Help them increase your footprint. So that's what the boomerang principle is all about. And how to do that, again, I'm a really, very practical person, how to do that, the steps to take, how to make yourself boomerangable, you know, so you can actually be rehired, and then how to fix it if you screwed up on the way out. So that's what that's about.
0: I'll tell you what, those are two books that I think that a lot of people will be interested in getting, and of course, we'll have links to those. And before we get into our final two questions here, Lee... And there's something that intrigues me, and, and thank you, by the way, you su- sent a list of suggested questions and topics, and they're all excellent, and I, I wish I could keep you on for three hours and, and and get to all these questions. They're really wonderful. But the one that really intrigues me are is that you talk about, and you must talk about this somewhere in your books and whatnot, you talk about not letting people be wrong. Now, what do you mean by that?
1: Yes. Yeah. The worst thing is to be a manager of somebody and to let them be wrong, and not that people aren't going to be wrong. People are going to be wrong all the time, right? That's going to happen. But if you gave direction that let them be wrong, it's on you. So I'll give you an example. Uh, deadlines are an excellent example. If you get a deadline, give that to me by the end of the day, and someone gives it back to you. Someone sends you whatever you ask for at 11.59, 59 p.m. in their time zone, they are technically correct. It is the end of the day. But if you <laughs> estimate yeah. 5.30 p.m., uh-huh. You met 5.30 p.m. That was your interpretation of end of day, but they gave it to you at 11.59 which is the most popular deadline in high school and college today. Most popular deadline in high school and college is not 5.30 p.m. It is 11:59:59 p.m. <laughs> because everything's coming digitally, right? Right, right, exactly. You end of day and they did it exactly at the very end, there's not one more second in the day, well, then you let them be wrong because they did it right. And they were wrong at the same time,
0: right? Absolutely. So you yeah. have
1: to create space so there's no wiggle room in someone not understanding what you mean, because you can give direction. And it's very if someone said "end of day" to me, I mean, would know exactly what that meant. But today, in today's world, we're all working at different time zones. I'll tell you, since COVID started, my people now live anywhere between Hawaii and Nova Scotia. Oh my gosh! I moved from three time zones to however many the hell that is. And we have to say, this is how we give deadlines in our company. It's due on Tuesday, June tenth at ten AM PST. Because there's no not Tuesday not like two Tuesdays from now. No, Tuesday, June tenth. And what time? Ten thirty. In what time zone? So now I, there's no way that someone can misinterpret my direction. So don't let people be wrong because you were not specific enough is what I mean.
0: I love that, and I tell you, a, a little note for the listeners as we record this. It's August 2020. I hope by the time you're listening to this, the uh, COVID crisis has largely receded. But I uh, hope. yes, we'll we'll see. I, I you know, it's funny. I was recording podcasts back in march for the summer and as we're recording them Mm -hmm. we're we're thinking okay it'll be over by now and then you know here here we are in august it's one stubborn virus that's for sure but uh so so lee let's uh, get into our last few questions here and this is the resource question as i said of course we'll have Mm -hmm. links to everything that uh, you have your books and your website and all that other good stuff your agency but what are some other resources that you think that people might want to plug into? Anything that would inspire them or teach mm-hmm. them or anything anything that you'd like to talk to our audience about?
1: You know, I read a lot, a lot. And every day I read the HBR management tip of the day, always something good in there. Nothing's new, but it's always a good reminder. Oh yeah, remember, remember that, right? And there are a few books that I, and authors who I think are just, Fonts of information and inspiration and how-tos. And one is Patrick um, Lencioni um, who, who wrote the, he wrote many books, but the last one, I mean, one of the last ones he wrote was The Advantage Why Organizational Health Trumps Everything Else in Business, and it's really a great blueprint about how to help your organization find purpose, mission, and alignment, um, which you know, you go to you're, you're in a big uh, consulting firm, so you might spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for you don't need to if you have the discipline and he really shows you how you can do that without that um another person i really find very inspirational is whitney johnson she's on linkedin and she has a show on linkedin and she has the podcast and her last book was disrupt yourself and how to get out of basically how to disrupt you know so many of us are pleasing like i wish she wasn't here i want to be somewhere else but i don't want to get there how do you get and disrupt your habits to your thinking so that you can put yourself in the position that you'd rather be in. And, you know, I've got a lot of other. Dory Clark is another. I really love Dory Clark, and she's got a great series on Instagram of two-minute videos that are so useful. Um, so you can see I read a lot. So um, those three, though, I would just pull out to anybody as, as highly recommend
0: I think those are great suggestions. Of course, we're going to create links to those as well. And all right, Lee, I'm going to give you the floor. And I love this. Giving the floor to an acclaimed communication strategist, (laughs) which is going to be great. Giving you the floor, handing the mic over to you and having you address the audience. Uh, Lee, the floor is yours to talk to the audience about anything you'd want to as we close out the podcast.
1: So by the time you hear this, COVID will not be over right? And we'll be figuring out whatever the heck step we are in this whole thing. And my hope is that we can all get to the other side of this crisis and having reimagined what success is for our companies, what success is for ourselves, and what success is for our people. Because so many things are changing today that the way we used to do things will not be the way we do things for in the future. And if you're just hoping for the past to come back, can I just please tell you to not hold on to that and instead to lean forward into what could it be? What, what could be awesome about this? Not the death, not all this terrible sickness, but when we get to the other side, what could be great about all the things we've learned through this crisis? Because when we as leaders focus on the possibility, we bring our people along. That's when we have more less friction in our companies. That's when we have more profit in our companies. And that's when we have much healthier businesses, which we're all looking forward
0: to. Absolutely. Indeed. That is a great way to close out the podcast. Lee Carraher, of course, founder and CEO of Double Forte, PR and digital marketing, and also author of Millennials in Management, The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work. And the Boomerang Principle, inspiring lifetime loyalty from employees. And I really appreciate your time on the podcast this week. I know your time is at a premium, and thank you for spending some of it with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeff. When you're looking to scale up your business, you can only do so much by yourself. At a certain point, you need help. You need support. And that is the message of Tonya Thomas because she truly understands the power of the Athena leadership principles, especially collaboration. A strong leader knows you need a support system and it's a sign of strength. Let's hear what she has to say in this brief clip from next week's interview. And it's like, I am the
1: business. It's me. I, you know, I can't leave if I do I have to let clients know because if I'm not here the business stops and so at that point I thought a little bit about what I want to do is something else I'd like to do but I realized that I, I love this concept it was just the fact that I didn't want to be the technician anymore And I would rather, you know, have put myself
0: in the CEO role. And that's when I decided to scale. And that's when Team Delegate was born. So we know we need your support to grow this podcast. Two simple things you can do, rate and review the podcast, and then also share the episodes that you find relevant. If you can do those two things, you will support us greatly. Regardless, we appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week.